welcome to Equus Farm Calls, where we take horse owners along with us to discuss important topics on equine health and care with industry experts. Today, we're talking to Dr. Marcio Costa about the equine microbiome. Equus Farm Calls podcast is brought to you in 2022 by Farna, the makers of cough-free supplement. Spring is here and you're ready to go riding, but is your horse? When a cough gets in the way of your horse's health or performance, turn to cough-free respiratory health pellets. Now available in easy-to-feed pellets, its unique formula contains a blend of show-safe natural herbs and minerals to provide respiratory support when your horse is experiencing seasonal allergies or stable cough caused by environmental stress or irritants. Perfect for horses that are stable or horses with restricted turnout to maintain healthy airways. Don't let pollens, dust, or other environmental pollutants sideline your horse. Tackle that cough with cough-free equine respiratory health pellets and get back in the saddle. I'm Kim Brown, group publisher of Equine Health Network, and our guest today is Dr. Costa, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Veterinary Biomedical Sciences at the University of Montreal. He earned his degree in veterinary medicine in Brazil and moved to Canada to complete his residency in large animal internal medicine at the University of Guelph. He completed his PhD in 2014 using next generation sequencing to investigate factors affecting the intestinal microbiome of horses. His research is focused on microbiome manipulation to improve the health of domestic animals. Thank you, Dr. Costa, for joining us today on Equus Farm Calls. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. To our horse owner audience today, let's just start with a big general, what is a microbiome? Yeah, that's a good question. The microbiome is a definition we give to all the microorganisms that a bit uh, inhabit our body. So when we talk about microbiome, we are talking about viruses, bacteria, small parasites, fungi, uh, but normally we use that as synonym to bacteria because the bacteria, are, we, we, we judge one of the most important microorganisms and also the, the most studied. So normally when we say microbiome, we are talking about bacteria that are present in our bodies. And these can be like we, we talked about to another veterinarian about microbiomes on wounds. And we've talked about microbiomes in different parts of the body. But today we're talking about intestinal microbiomes. So why are those, why is understanding the intestinal microbiome in the horse so important? Like you said, all the bacteria are very important. So the, the skin microbiome, the oral microbiome, the vaginal microbiome, they, are all, they all play a, a very important role in our body and keeping us healthy. Uh, but what we have found recently is that the intestinal microbiome is particularly more important uh, because they have different roles in, in health. Horses specifically, they rely, as most or all of your um, the audience know, uh, horses, they use the, their bacteria to break down fiber that they ingest. Uh, so the horse doesn't have the digestive enzymes to break those complex carbohydrates uh, like cellulose, for example, uh, that they ingest with the, their diet, but the bacteria can do that. So that's what cows do in the rumen and that's what horses uh, do 
in their cecum and colon. Basically, the, those compartments are full of bacteria that will break that fiber, will digest them for the horses and produce molecules that can now be used as energy source. So the horse heavily relies on those bacteria to help them to get their energy they need, okay? So this is the basic that most of people already know. But the, the most important is that during the, the, the past decades, when we talk about bacteria, we think about the bad guys, right? The bad bacteria that cause disease. And that's fine. That's what we have been studying for many, many decades. Only the bacteria that cause disease. But we, we largely forgot about the other bacteria that are actually the majority in our bodies. <laughs> So they are actually good and they are necessary, for example, to, to regulate the immune system, not only the intestinal immune system, but also the, the, the body immune system. So they are, depending on the type of bacteria there, they're going to protect us and your horse better than other types. We know that now. We also know that they are necessary, for example, to develop the, the intestinal mucosa, meaning that if you have good bacteria there, your horse is gonna absorb more uh, nutrients than the ones that have an abnormal microbiota. So there are those type of uh, interactions that we are just learning. And one big, a big one, a very important one is also the protective effect that the good bacteria uh, have in, in protecting the horse against uh, bad bacteria or pathogens, okay? The bacteria that cause disease. If your horse is full of good bacteria, it's less likely that he's gonna have diarrhea or uh, develop uh, 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 malnutrition or malabsorption. So those good bacteria, they are actually competing with the bacteria that can cause disease. And like I said, um, there are many instances where a horse can change the normal microbiome to, for example, when they have a, a course of antibiotics, um, what happened is that these drugs will kill a lot of these good bacteria and are going to open space for the bad bacteria to come and colonize the gut and potentially cause harm uh, or a, a disease. Okay, so we are just learning now um, all of the importance of these good bacteria and who they are, how they, they we best colonize horses with those good bacteria. There is a lot of research going on right now. And I'm sure that in the next few years, we're going to have a lot more information about that. And tell us just a little bit about how the microbiome, you mentioned antibiotics, but how do you, how can you sway this microbiome good and bad? And of course, we all think it's worse people about foals eating the mare's manure. So what is it? How do horses do this and how do horse owners manipulate it bad and good? Because I know sometimes green is not always the best way to help your microbiome. Yes. So, so this is uh, the focus of a lot of research right now. What we know is that 
the way we treat horses, we change the microbiome. They were they have been selected in nature to harbor. For example, we should compare the bacteria from wild horses with domesticated animals. They they are completely different. Okay, so we think that. Uh, the microbiome from horses in nature, and that's pretty much true for many different species, for uh, from canine to to birds, they all in nature they have a different microbiome. Okay, and what we think is that the most the more bacteria they have, better the microbiome. Uh, or I should say more types, more different types of bacteria. We call that diversity, okay? So if your horse has many different types of bacteria, it's more likely that if one species die, uh, the other one can take over uh, and, and carry on doing the same job the, the ones that are missing now were doing before. So we think that diversity it's important, but we, we decrease diversity with the systems the, that we have now. For example, if you uh, performance horses that receive lots of carbohydrates, we know that we change the, 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 the populations of bacteria, the composition of the bacteria there, but also we decrease the diversity in the gut. So, this is something I wouldn't say that it's bad, but it's necessary. So we need to live, uh, to learn how to live with those changes and uh, to overcome the consequences that that might have to the horse. Okay. By the moment the foe is born, it's already being colonized with with the the bacteria that is in the environment. Okay. Uh, there is, you might have heard that there is a lot of discussion that there is bacteria in the uterus, but this is all controversial, so I'm not going to get into there. I'm not a big believer of that anyways, but uh, for sure, by the moment they are being born, they get in contact with the vaginal microbiota of the mare, and as soon as they start nursing, they are getting bacteria from the teeth and uh, from all over the environment, right? And after they, they they nurse the colostrum, this has a big impact on their microbiome, the false microbiome. So during the first 30 days of life, this microbiome is completely different. We have a lot of antibodies uh, in the colostrum, in the milk of the mare, and this can help shaping the, the, the microbiome of those foals. And after they start eating more and more, uh, hay and grass, this uh, is going to change uh, also their microbiome. And after they become three months old, more or less, their microbiome starts to resemble, uh, in a big picture, the microbiome of uh, older animals. Okay. Um, so there is definitely a change over time of the, the microbiome, the bacteria present there, but also we consider that as a opportunity window to manipulate the microbiome, okay? For example, an adult healthy horse, it has already a very well established microbiome there, which is difficult to change unless you go like with something strong like antibiotics or big stress. But if the foal 
has this uh, period where many species are trying to thrive and to colonize, there is easier to, to go and, and treat them with something that we want, for example, to increase or to benefit the beneficial populations of bacteria. And maybe we can get into prebiotics, probiotics, those kind of things in a minute, but we'll, we'll stick with our bacteria for right now. So what do horse owners need to think about? I mean, you've just told us that you can affect it by management, by feed, by treatments. So what do horse owners need to, to think about to promote a healthy equine intestinal microbiome? Good question. Uh so I teach nutrition, but I'm not a nutritionist. But what we know is that horses need fiber, right? They need pasture, they need hay. And there are like all the recommendations made by the experts uh, about horse nutrition. You need to follow that. And as a rule of thumb, the less carbohydrates they get, the better. So we know that uh, they can have predisposition to to have colic for example if they get high amounts of uh, starch or any grains or any carbohydrates in, in in general soluble carbohydrates in general right so and that also there is a relationship between uh changes in diet the occurrence of diseases like colic or diarrhea and changes in the microbiome so we are not at a point where we can say there is a very clear cause-consequence relationship between changes in the microbiome and disease, but for sure they all occur at the same time. So we don't know what's the cause of or what's the, the, the consequence, but we know that they, 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 they play with each other, okay? So if I have to recommend you, is uh, uh, access to pasture. That's what horses have been selected in nature to do, to graze and to walk and to have small meals uh, for during long periods, okay? There are research showing that if you feed your horse once a day or twice a day, they're gonna have changes in the microbiome and they are also more predisposed to disease like colic or, or um any gastrointestinal disease so if you can feed your horse many times per day that's the best and with a lots of uh, forage so um, uh, hay and uh, pasture if available okay so this would be the the recommendation to increase diversity and to to have a healthier microbiome in your horse Okay, now we, we have to get into it because there are a lot of products out there now, especially as humans have probably progressed more in their research on the microbiome, which always brings out more products. And I'm not saying any of these products are good or bad, but when we talk about prebiotics and probiotics and so on and so forth, I mean, what about in horses? What do we know from research in horses? I think the... To start with would be a good uh, thing to define some of those products, right? So probiotic are live bacteria that have the potential to cause benefits to, to the host ingesting it. So it's basically live bacteria that we, we eat or that you give to your horse by, by mouth. Uh, prebiotics are 
non non digestible fibers that we can give it to the host and the host cannot digest it but the bacteria can okay so i i normally tell my students that those are food for the bacteria okay you are, you are feeding your bacteria um so you are giving them conditions to to digest that fiber and multiply and thrive and, and do the, the the good benefits they can do in the gut now if you combine those two products probiotic and prebiotic then you have what they call a symbiotic okay we have also products for horses uh, that are classified as symbiotics basically live bacteria already with, with food they need to to grow and a new category that is also starting to be said in horses is what we call postbiotics the postbiotics are byproducts from bacteria for example we know that a lot of beneficial species they produce a, a volatile acid that's called butyrate so instead of trying to get bacteria that produce butyrate in the gut what people do now is to just give it butyrate directly uh, to, to the horse or to humans that uh, hoping that's going to cause the same beneficial impact that you would have if produced by the gut bacteria okay uh, so those are the postbiotics now what we know in horses uh, before i answer that question i have to to make a consideration that it is very difficult to do studies in horses okay because they are very expensive uh, like if you see human studies they're gonna use a thousand individuals we cannot do studies this big in horses unless we do multi-center studies but then we start to increase uh, variables into that needs to be accounted for so we do what we can <laughs> and the truth is that there is a lot of disagreement between studies okay so there are many studies showing a beneficial impact of probiotics, for example, decreased incidence of diarrhea in foals or uh, decreased shedding of salmonella in adult, adult horses. But for each study showing those beneficial impacts, there are also other studies showing no difference between the groups. Okay and even if you go with other species where it's easier to study and cheaper uh, for example calves you're gonna see that sometimes in the same study they they give it a probiotic they see a good impact on performance but then right after the next batch they, they use it they don't see a difference so in my opinion this is more likely what happened sometimes you you do have a uh, a beneficial impact of those uh, supplements and sometimes you don't see anything and that's what these studies are, are seeing sometimes they're picking one population that is more susceptible for example to dysbiosis uh, by dysbiosis i mean a big change in the normal composition of the microbiome so we call that dysbiosis or an abnormal microbiota and then you treat them and you see an improve so it, it makes a lot of sense but if your horse has already a healthy microbiome it won't change anything if you treat them with probiotics or prebiotics right so this is uh, a little bit um, uh, um, uh, how can i say in english uh, frustrating 
but that's it true okay we 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 don't know for sure which of those drugs uh, or supplements are, are good when exactly to use the good thing is that they cause no harm so you can use them as your vet prescribes we prescribe a lot of uh, probiotics especially like uh, in horses with diarrhea or in foals with diarrhea uh, they're not gonna cause any harm uh, at least the, the, the products commercially available. What we are working right now uh, is that we are trying to identify bacteria that are not commonly used as probiotics. We call that novel probiotics uh, that with the new technologies we are using now, we, we say DNA sequencing, we could find that there are other bacteria, I shouldn't say more important, but more abundant in the distal gut that have maybe a better potential to be used as probiotics. So they are doing that in humans and that's the way uh, a lot of companies and research groups are also going to, to do in horses. We, we are trying to find novel things to to treat and to prevent disease and gastrointestinal dysbiosis in horses okay now one thing i also wanted to say is that prebiotics those supplements they do have a, a huge potential to change the microbiome for example just to to give an example if if you treat horses with an overload of uh, oligosaccharides what you can do is to actually kill their sickle microbiome, microbiota to an extent that you're going to have laminitis. That's the model we use to research, uh, to do research in laminitis. We treat them with some prebiotics. We kill a lot of bacteria. They get sick. They develop laminitis. Okay. So, Prebiotics have a lot of potential to modulate the, 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 the distal gut bacteria. So we are just learning which ones are the best, how they work, how uh, they're going to influence each species. But we still, so there's a lot of research right now, but we're still not completely sure if this fiber will benefit only like a target species that we want so this has to be a, a very specific effect of the the supplement which is a, a little bit difficult to to have okay be careful about this because just you can cause harm with some of the yes yes if you overdose prebiotics depending of the type of fiber you do you 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 absolutely can uh, change the microbiota in a negative way. But those products are considered safe if used in the right dosing and concentration. And tell us a little bit about the research that you're doing right now, Dr. Costa. Okay, so part of the research is this, what I just told you, we are doing a vast research uh, on the literature to gather all the information available and identify which bacteria are associated with health all over the world and which bacteria is associated with disease. What we know, for example, when horses have diarrhea, they're gonna increase this type of bacteria or they're gonna decrease that other one. 
So we are trying to make associations to see if there is a, a common um, factor that we see in all the studies that can be associated with health. And then we are trying to culture those bacteria, like I said, to test their potential to be used as a probiotic. Okay. Um, we also do research with what in humans they call fecal microbiota transplantation. Okay, this is another way to treat horses with this biosis. For example, if the horse has diarrhea or we call colitis, so severe colitis, and they are not responding to treatment, we can we can try to give them uh, <laughs> they call a pool tea. Uh, that it's basically you get feces from a health horse you dilute that and you you give it by nasogastric tube and hoping that this bacteria will colonize the horse so that's that has been a an indi medical indication for humans with clostridioides difficile infection uh, so they are also trying to do that in humans with many other different diseases intestinal diseases including obesity and uh, many others trying to change their microbiome so it really works really well for example in, in human patients with diarrhea that's already very well established and showed over and over if you give them a, an fmt as we call it for short uh, they're gonna recover from diarrhea in the next days Okay, we also did a study in puppies with viral diarrhea, and if you give them an FMT, they also recover much faster than the other groups. So it seems to be true to dogs and, and, and humans, but we did uh, some studies in horses and we did not see a big difference. And there is more and more evidence showing that you, it's very difficult to change the microbiome uh, doing FMT in horses, but there is also research showing you can change and you can treat horses with FMT and they can improve their microbiome. The problem is that like in probiotics, we are starting to have like disagreement in the literature. So one study shows that you can improve and two or three others show that you, you cannot improve. So I know it's a little bit frustrating, my answer also, that uh, we, we don't know things at this moment. We don't have clear answers at the moment, but that's, what, that's why it, it encourages me to keep doing research in this area. That's what I like, you know. To, uh, so one problem with FMT is that you can transfer along with the, the good bacteria, you can transfer bad bacteria so you have to have a, a a very strict selection of the donor you are using and the problem is sometimes you have a transient shedding of some pathogens for example uh clostridioides difficile or salmonellas one day even in healthy horses they can be present in the feces next week they are not there anymore so that's in a small percentage of horses but your donor could be one of them. So you have to spend a lot of money testing the donor. Uh, the other research we do is to, to, we are doing now, is to improve the viability of the bacteria 
to be given to uh, sick patients. Okay. Why is that? Because when you freeze this, the, the feces from the donor so that you have it right available when a patient arrives with colitis, you don't have to run to the, the uh, to a healthy horse and get feces and dilute them. You know, so the recommendation right now is to filter that solution and keep it frozen. But if you do that, we have shown that you kill a lot of bacteria by just by freezing. So we are searching what's the best cryopreservant or preservative that you can use that will increase the viability of those animals or of those, that bacteria to be given to sick animals. Okay. And also uh, we try to establish a new protocol to concentrate bacteria and develop like a super FMT but that didn't work well. Uh, that didn't work very well, mainly because by doing this procedure, you increase a lot of uh, undesirable bacteria, for example, Escherichia. Okay, so we we are trying many different things, but we are not afraid to say this one didn't work. So don't do that. <laughs> Just because we thought it would be good, it doesn't mean it will be right. So we, we abandoned this protocol, but we, are, we carry on trying to increase viability of bacteria during storage and also trying to develop new alternatives that you don't need to use to do an FMT in your horse. You can just give the viable bacteria right away. Uh, in humans, they call that a super probiotic. You know, if you look at the market, most of the the products they have like maximum six strains of bacteria or 10 if you are lucky to find a product like that even for humans but right now what people are doing is to developing these new products that are not considered as supplements anymore now they are considered as medication and they have like 35 different species of bacteria. So they don't even like to call probiotic, they call that um, an ecosystem. So it's a fancy name for um, what I call a super probiotic. So we have this intention to do that in horses too, but we are still at the beginning of this research. And it's, it's something that, you know, all of us know how important our gut is to ourselves. And we know how important um, it is to our horses. So we really appreciate you coming on today and, and helping us understand this a little bit better. And I, I realize that there's going to be a lot more learned about this. And I hope we'll have you back on when you've made your next big discovery and figured out how to freeze it or transfer it or increase the right bacteria or feed them better so that we can know more about that. Well, I'm working hard for that. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you again, Dr. Coaster, for joining us today on Equus Farm Calls podcast. And a big thanks to our audience for listening. And we invite you to give us your input and hope you'll tell your friends about the podcast. And if you have suggestions or comments, feel free to contact me at kbrown, that's the letter K Brown, at equinenetwork.com. Equus Farm Calls is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 